This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. What is going on? Welcome back to the show. Today, per usual, we have another Q&A. Now, before we get into the Q&A, I was just at the Impact Collective in San Diego. Um, as of now, I'm recording this on Tuesday. So first and foremost, I wanted to share a few of my main takeaways from the Impact Collective. So for those of you that don't know, this is Jason Phillips of NCI's event. So basically it's 80 coaches get together and then there's a bunch of big names in the fitness industry that come and put on basically give presentations. Um, so for me, the first time I started doing events like this was February, 2019. And for me, the first event I went to was a lot smaller, which is what I believe 15 of us in Seattle. Now, before that, I was terrified to go to any event like this around my peers, around other coaches, because I honestly thought I would get laughed out of the room. And the biggest thing that I've learned over the last year, because it's been almost exactly a year, like the day that I headed to San Diego for this was the one year anniversary of my first one of these conferences, masterminds, whatever you want to call it. The biggest thing I've learned is all these people that you put on a pedestal they're not that different from you. Like we truly don't give ourselves near enough credit for what we can accomplish, what we're capable of. Like truly this last year has been such an eye-opening experience for me. Just seeing all these people that I used to, again, put so high up on pedestal, I still look up to a ton, but I've realized that they're not that different. Like we all have the same fears. Honestly, like, us as coaches, I think many of us underestimate how much knowledge we really have, how good of coaches we really are. I know that's a mistake that I made for the longest time. But the thing is, for me, if I would have just stayed holed up in Nebraska, like I did the first five years of my career, scared to put myself out there, I never would have realized this. And I don't think it's a coincidence at all that the amount of people I've been able to reach and help through my coaching service has grown a tremendous amount in the last year. Last year was a crazy amount of growth for me. And truly, one of the biggest things for me was, again, just this realization that none of us are that different. All right, so that's my rant to start off the podcast. But the idea here is, if there's some shit right now, you know what it is. I guarantee something just popped to your mind that you want to do or the person the things that the person you want to be would be doing right now just start doing them if you're scared to take action just lean into that fear act anyways i promise you'll be a better person because of it and you'll be very happy that you did and one other main theme from this conference that i really wanted to touch on was pretty much every speaker well every speaker that was up there talked about the importance of personal development or i'm reading stephen covey's book seven habits of highly effective people right now i'm listening to it i should say but one of the things 
that he talked about is protecting the asset. So if you're on my email list, <laughs> you already got this email. I apologize, but you're gonna have to hear this story again. So he used this analogy of, well, I think it's from Aesop's Fables, but the story of this golden goose that laid eggs, right? Now, the farmer that owned the goose was getting rich when he had a golden goose that started laying eggs. Every day he'd collect an egg from this goose. But he got greedy. He decided he wanted the golden eggs faster. So he killed the goose to harvest all these golden eggs from his insides, which to me seems like poor logic, but we got to go with the fable. He didn't find any golden eggs inside and all of a sudden he didn't have the source of golden eggs anymore. Again, this is from the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which I highly recommend you check out. But the point of this is in this situation, that goose that produces these golden eggs is you. You are the asset, so to speak. So where I'm going with this is we so often try to, and I know this is something I struggle with, like I want to be more productive. I want to have better relationships. I want to create more success in my career. We focus on all these external things, but to quote same dude from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People again, internal victories often precede, always precede external victories. So basically, if you don't get yourself right, if we haven't taken care of ourselves internally, and I would say like our physical and mental being, we can't expect all these external things like relationship, relationship success, success in our career, or any other field to happen. You have to put in the work on yourself first or to take it back to the golden goose story. You have to protect the asset. You are the asset. So <laughs> taking this back to the conference, one of the main themes was this idea of just protecting the asset. What are you doing for personal development every day? Are you making sure you're taking time to meditate? Are you taking time to read? Are you learning? Are you constantly growing? Are you developing as a person? Are you pushing to be the person you want to be? Or are you just hoping that all these things will happen for you? Do you have a routine to take care of your body? Are you prioritizing your health there? Because again, I promise you, if you don't put these things first, all these external victories that you want to happen will not happen. All right, so lots of tangents to start this podcast. But anyways, on that note, let's go ahead and get into the Q&A. All right, so first question, is it possible to gain muscle while doing high-intensity cardio and three-plus mile runs? Okay, so first of all, yes, it is absolutely possible. Muscle requires one, adequate muscle-building stimulus. So you do need to be pushing hard in the gym, and you need to be hitting your total volume needs. And then we also need sufficient protein and sufficient calories to build said muscle. So I would say the more advanced you are at training, the harder this is. Also this really, we take, have to take into account like how often are you doing HIIT workouts? How often are you going on these three plus mile runs? So the more HIIT work we're doing and the more endurance work we're doing, one, the more recovery resources that's taking, from our muscles being able to repair themselves and grow stronger. So we have to take that into account. Like if for whatever reason you want to do hit, go on three, like lots of three mile runs and try to build muscle at the same time, you're going to have to eat a lot more calories than you would if you were just lifting and say doing like, let's say lifting four times a week and doing, um, 
like twice a week of low intensity steady state work. In this case, you're gonna have to eat a lot more. Now that said, is this the ideal situation to build lean muscle? Um, probably not, because here we kind of have three different goals. We're doing one, lots of high intensity work. Normally when people are doing hit, they're doing it at least three times a week. He's also doing lots of endurance work. He's running three plus miles multiple times. And then on top of that, he's trying to build muscle. So if we think about it, those are three very different signals that we're sending to our body. So first and foremost, our body just doesn't really know which to prioritize. So like in this case, if your goal is building muscle, I would say just go hard on trying to build muscle first and foremost and limit these. So like ideally how you would set this up, if you're someone that wants to, this is from a dude, so I'm guessing his main goal is just to build lean muscle. So in that case, if you want to do that, but you also want to maintain your conditioning, the thing is we just don't want to push this too far as far as like running or hit. There's no need to do these like two to three times a week. How I would set this up is I would probably follow a four times a week upper lower split. Two days upper, two days lower. And then we would program one day for aerobic work. So here you're gonna be on, let's say the rower, and you're just consistently hitting 20 to 30 minutes at let's say like a 210 to 220 pace. So heart rate should be somewhere between 120 and 140. And we're just focusing on something we can sustain for again, 20 to 30 minutes. It should be a bit challenging. It won't just be a walk in the park because we do want to push your aerobic system, but it also shouldn't leave you absolutely smashed. Now the aerobic system is important for your overall health and that will actually help your recovery. I would do like the rower or even the bike over running just because for many people, unless you've actually worked on your stride, many of us just can't run very well and it is a lot harder on our joints. It does take more recovery resources, whereas like something on the rower would be a little bit more restorative. And again, the aerobic system is just important for health. So that would be my first cardio day. And then the second day, I would actually do something. So I would set this up like upper body day, lower body day, aerobic work, upper body day, and then I would do one anaerobic day. So basically we can divide our energy systems into two main categories we have the aerobic system which is basically relies on oxygen and then the anaerobic system which doesn't use oxygen so this next cardio day is going to be an anaerobic day now here i would probably do something like let's say 10 seconds of an all-out sprint on the assault bike and then we'll take like two minutes to recover or burn five calories on the assault bike as fast as you can and take two to three minutes to recover. Repeat for like eight rounds week one, nine rounds week two, maybe week three we bump this up to 12 seconds, repeat for eight rounds and then nine rounds. Actually, that's probably a bit much, something like five rounds and then six rounds. Just very short, explosive burst. These aren't smashing you, but we are increasing our anaerobic abilities as well. And that's really how I would pair this. I wouldn't do much more cardio than that. Like if you're running 
like four to five times a week, three plus miles, you're doing hit and you're trying to strength train on top of that. That is just a ton for your body to recover from. And the reality is your gains will probably just be less than ideal. Next question, what are your favorite fat loss techniques? Two week deficit, one week maintain, other. So first and foremost, it really depends on where the client is at where the client is coming from. So something like two weeks fat loss, one week maintaining, the reality is I don't love that approach for a lot of clients. We need to also consider like one of the biggest things that guarantees will be successful. The thing we have to have to guarantee that a client will be successful, I should say, is adherence, meaning we're doing some shit you can stick to for a long time. This is one of the biggest things when you start online coaching with me that we talk about on the initial call. Like, what can you stick to long term? What gets you motivated? And for most people, especially like if a client comes to you and they have, well, regardless, like if a client comes to you and they have a lot of weight to lose, like 50 pounds, the reality is if we're doing two weeks on, one week off, it is just going to take a very long time to get them to their end goal because like 33% of the time, we're just chilling at maintenance. So many people, um, this is just gonna be very slow and demotivating for them. Similarly, if you have somebody that just has like, let's say 10 pounds of fat to lose, there's just no need to take like this two weeks on, one week off approach. Why not just get it done, get the diet over with sooner rather than later, and get them into a space where they can long-term focus on productively eating more, training harder, and building more lean muscle. So most of the time, like with the two weeks on, one week off approach, we're kind of that matador approach, which is based off of the matador diet study where they had where they had people do two weeks in a deficit, two weeks at maintenance, rinse and repeat, Um, just why that's called matador. But basically that approach, I've found for most people just isn't as effective. I have had good success with clients who have trouble adhering to a diet outside of that. So I do think like if you have somebody that comes in and one, they're bought into the long game. So they're okay with, hey, this takes a little bit longer. Two, they have a history of struggling to adhere to a diet. They get burnt out on dieting very, very quickly. That's a situation where something like this makes more sense. But really situations like that are really the only time that I have prescribed it. Now, for somebody that we're trying to create rapid fat loss with, so say you start coaching with me and you're a lot more experienced, maybe you're a coach, you have a good understanding of the satiety index of foods, so you know how to choose foods to keep you very full. You Basically, you have a pretty good grasp on how to diet and we have a relatively short time frame to get you to your goals and I know that you're in a good place metabolically and hormonally, then something that I occasionally like to use, again, in this specific context, is a protein sparing modified fast day. So maybe once a week we throw in this lower calorie day. So here, basically the goal is to keep calories as low as possible while still hitting your protein goal. So for most people it amounts to, we're eating lots of lean protein across the course of a day, and lots of fiber so veggies maybe some fruit and honestly that's pretty much it and if we implement something like this say once a week that's a good way to knock out like 700 calories 
of your weekly total deficit. So if across the course of a week, we're trying to create, let's say, a 1500 calorie deficit, we can knock out a big chunk of that in just this one protein sparing modified fast, this lower calorie day. So the rest of the week, your calories can be higher. So a lot of times with clients, again, when we are, we are being more aggressive, rather than just lower calories across the course of a week by like, let's say we drop 100 calories every single day across the course of a week, or we keep calories higher and one day a week we just drop calories by 700 and you're just okay with like, okay, fasting till noon and then eating mostly protein and veggies. More, more experienced clients have done very well with this in the past. Um, I'll also link my client Rachel's case study, getting her ready for the photo shoot that she did in August and actually we're getting her shredded for a cruise now. And also shout out to Rachel because actually in San Diego, I got to get a training session with her in person, which was awesome. But um, I'm going to link her case study in the show notes here also because she is somebody that we use this protein sparing modified fast for. That is one technique I like. Again, it's very context dependent, especially with women. I am more careful with this as well because women's systems are generally more sensitive to stress. Fasting is another stressor that we're adding in on top of dieting. So like for Rachel, we already knew that she was very experienced with fasting. She felt good with it. But typically, this is something I use a lot more for men than women. And if somebody came to me, they had a lot of fat to lose. Say you had like 40 to 50 pounds that you needed to lose, then we wouldn't use aggressive techniques like this because that's not something that I want you doing for the next like 40 weeks it's much better in the short term. Like, okay, this is a strategy we're gonna implement for the next four to six weeks. And then we're gonna take you back to maintenance. We're gonna spend time bringing your body back up. It doesn't work as well for long-term fat loss phase. Longer fat loss phases are really where I like an approach more like the 11-3, where we spend 11 days in in a deficit, three days at maintenance, rinse and repeat. So those three days of maintenance are gonna help bring your body back up basically they're going to help restore some of your hormones restore some of your metabolism so for a longer approach that's probably my favorite but of course we're still taking diet breaks as needed which is generally something i gauge by your biofeedback so when we see cravings hunger really rise and then motivation and adherence fall off for multiple weeks typically that's a good sign that it's about time to take a longer diet break but you also have to keep in mind how important context is here. So I'm not at all saying, because this is something I talk about and I've gotten a lot of questions. I'm not at all saying like about it, but I'm not at all saying like every single client, no matter what, should follow the 11-3 split. Like again, if you have a client that can probably get all this off in six to 10 weeks, it doesn't make sense to delay their misery, so to speak, and make the diet longer just to spend more time in maintenance with something like an 11-3 split. In that case, I would probably just maybe take one refeed day a week and just get this shit over with so you can get them back to more productively eating more and spending time in a building phase. All right, and final question is, favorite song that you listen to? All right, so I have pretty diverse taste. Well, kind of diverse taste. I really like hip hop. Hip hop's definitely my favorite. ASAP Rocky is my all-time favorite artist. The song Canal Street by ASAP, which is like not a very popular song at all, but it's fire. It's all about, like, I think it's about selling cocaine, actually. But 
<laughs> I love that song. Can't explain it. Um, let me pull up my Spotify here real quick, actually. All right, let's see. Yeah, a lot of ASAP, Drake, um, a lot of hip hop, some Kanye. <laughs> I really mostly just listen to albums that dropped like three years ago or more. And then sometimes when I'm lifting, I get in this mood where I only want to listen to country. But it's only three country songs that I listen to. Um, it's Cold Beer With Your Name On It by, I think it's by Josh Thompson. Um, what is that Florida Georgia Line song? Confessions, I think. And then um, Hope You Get Lonely by Cole Swindell. I can't explain it, but sometimes I would just get in this super country move get back to my nebraska roots and that's like i just listen to those three songs and repeat for an entire workout and then i don't listen to country again for like three months <laughs> and that is my music taste in a nutshell asap rocky and florida georgia line so that is all i have for you guys today now before i let you go do me two quick favors first and foremost if you've taken value from the show if you've been enjoying the show help me grow its reach take a picture or screenshot your phone right now, I should say, and share it to your Instagram story, tag me. I wanna connect with you, but also this helps us grow the reach of the show together and help more people become the leanest, strongest, most confident version of themselves. Second, if you haven't done so already, hit the link in the show notes to download your free copy of The Lifestyle Diet. This is the ebook created off of my years of experience working with hundreds of clients to develop a flexible nutritional lifestyle so you can enjoy your weekends, you can have some drinks, you can work some pizza in your macros, but you can also get great results. It won't harm your fat loss or your health. So if you haven't already downloaded that, what are you doing? Click the link in the show notes. And with that, this is Living Lean. Thank you for tuning in.